This week, by faith, Sarah, we're still in chapter uh, Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your, your study notes, that would be helpful today. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to camp out in Genesis. So go, go back to Genesis all the way to the first book of the Bible. And the first fill in the blank today is this. Life never goes well when we operate out of our own agenda. Agenda. So I mentioned last week during Sunday school that the number one song in England right now to be played at funerals is Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way. Talk about your own agenda. I was lamenting this fact with a priest friend of mine, and he said, you know that's the national anthem, don't you? I said, where? He said, in hell. <laughs> when we operate out of our own agenda, we create a mess of our lives, a living hell on earth, when we don't follow God in faith and his plans. And that's what you get today. You see, what, what I've planned is that straight line, and, and when I get off track, what happens is the squiggly line. And you see that today with Sarah. So I want to walk with you and look at this person, Sarah, who is remembered in Hebrews chapter 11 as a woman of great faith. And so we've explored several different people, Noah, who over a hundred years of time created a boat, an ark, in order to preserve his family and to save them from the floodwaters and provide safe habitation for the animals so that God could start over with creation. We read last week about Abraham, who with knife and rope and kindling in hand was willing to sacrifice the child of promise Isaac. Remember that? Because he believed so strongly that God could even raise Isaac from the dead. And this week, we're looking at his wife, Sarah. His wife, Sarah. The Bible, or Hebrews, introduces Sarah this week by saying, By faith, Sarah received the power to conceive. Even though she was past the age, she considered him God faithful who had promised. She considered God faithful by faith. She conceived. So we're going to look at that character, look at Sarah, and uh, we want to look at three different things. And you can fill in the first blank today. The way of the flesh always leads to unbelief. That's the first subject today. The second is the way of humility and grace always leads to increased faith. So while the flesh leads to unbelief, humility and grace leads to belief. And then thirdly, we're going to look at how can I receive biblical faith, or the faith that Sarah ended up having. So, as the preacher this week, there's quite a challenge. There's quite a challenge because on the one hand, you have Sarah being memorialized in Hebrews 11 for her great faith. On the other hand, when you read through Genesis, write this down, we see very little faith being exercised by Sarah. Very little faith being exercised. And so turn with me to chapter 12, and let's look at her for a moment. This is, of course, the original promise of God to Abraham, to Abram, chapter 12, verse 2. And it went like this. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And then look at verse 3. In you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. How old is Abraham at this point? Look at verse 4, it tells you. 75 years old. Sarai is 65 years old. While most people are looking at the retirement village, 
they are looking at building a nursery, for goodness sake. What an audacious plan by God, a God-sized plan. So the first thing I want you to realize is you are never too old and never too worn out to be used by our Most High God, okay? So write that down. As long as you have breath in your lungs and a beating heart in your chest, then God has a plan for you in your life and a mission for you to do on this earth. God wouldn't have you here if he didn't have a plan and mission for you. But here we go. Old folks in the twilight of their career and an audacious plan to have children and descendants, as many as the stars in the heavens and the sands on the seashore. The problem here is it takes 25 years for God to deliver on his promises. Do you think that maybe a little bit of doubt may have crept in over those 25 years? I mean, come on, God, we're already old. I'm 75, she's 65, you're going to wait 25 years? For goodness sake. God has to keep reminding them of the promise, okay? So for the next 25 years, God has to keep reminding them of his promise. I will be faithful. Every time you look up in heaven and see those stars, know that those represent your descendants. Every time you go to the beach and see the sands on the seashore, know that your descendants, the saints, will number like the sands on the seashore. Believe in me and trust Yet Sarah doesn't. She doesn't for the longest time. Look at chapter 18 of Genesis, verse 10. Let's see Sarah's struggle this morning. The Lord said in 18.10, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind Abram. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. We keep reminding ourselves of that advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. Her womb was closed. So Sarah laughed to herself and said, Lord, I am worn out. And my Lord over there, he's worn out too. He's old. Shall I have pleasure in our old age? Verse 13, the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall we indeed bear a child now that we're old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh. And God came back at her and says, no, but you did laugh. Did I say something funny, God seems to be saying? Why are you laughing? Is anything too big, too hard, too difficult for me? Sarah's laugh, of course, is a laugh of sheer doubt this morning. It was a laugh of scorn. It was a laugh mocking the promises of God, okay? So on the one hand, we have this audacious promise to bring to these old folks, children and descendants, and yet we have a hopeless situation where they are old, her womb is closed, and it is beyond all help. So she says about Abraham in verse 11, 12 in Hebrews today, this old man is as good as dead. See what's happening? Their circumstances are hopeless. Hopeless. So what happens? In the face of hopeless circumstances, Sarah trusts only in what she can see. We're old. He's as good as dead. I can only trust those things. But the writer of Hebrews defines faith differently. He says faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. She's not there yet. 
She doesn't have biblical faith yet. Because without biblical faith, the writer of Hebrews goes on to say, it is impossible to please God. She doesn't please God. Maybe that's why they delayed 25 years for her to grow in her faith in such a way that she's able to receive the promises of God by grace through faith. Maybe that's why the delay. Turn with me to Genesis 16 and see that this Sarah, without biblical faith, takes matters into her own hands. Chapter 16, and fill in this. Here is where Sarah hatches her plan to take control of God's promises to bring them descendants, as many as the stars in the heavens and the sands on the seashore. Look at verse 2. She tells Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. So, Abram, you go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And then the real sad thing is the next verse. And Abraham listened to her. I mean, really, Abraham? I, I mean, if she, guys, if your wife tells you to have sexual relations with anybody in the world other than her, you say, no, ma'am, no thank you. Anything else is a trap. You'll get trapped. And from this point on, the story unravels big time. In verse 4, Sarai, still controlling the situation, not operating in faith, takes Abraham's hand, gives it to the Egyptian woman, Hagar, and they're married. And she does conceive a son, later to be named Ishmael. And not only that, but once she conceives in this plan that, that Sarah had, Sarah looks at her with great contempt. And in verse 5, Sarah blames Abraham for the whole mess she's made of her life. Sarah said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you, Abraham. It's you, bucko. You got me into this. And in verse 6, it said that Sarai continued to treat Hagar harshly with contempt. So what happened there? Here's the deal. Instead of trusting God to redeem her circumstances, Sarah trusts in her own cleverness to change her circumstances. God's obviously not going to listen to our prayers. Let's try the human way of doing things. Let's use cunning. Let's use logic. Let's use our own efforts, our own striving to accomplish what only God can accomplish. Did you know that the mess that they made is a mess that we still suffer from? This is the division between Muslims and Jews yet today. The children of Ishmael, the Islamic race, the Muslims, and the children of promise, Isaac and the Jews. How much bloodshed and violence throughout our history might have been avoided had Sarah operated not in the flesh, but in faith and trusting the promises of God. But she doesn't do that. Operating out of the law, out of her own flesh, our foolish belief that we can do for ourselves what only God can do always leads us to unbelief. She took a shortcut. She didn't trust God. Paul uses that same analogy to discuss this lineage. In Galatians 4, he'll write this. He'll say, But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh. In other words, according to striving, according to, to trying hard to redeem our own salvation or to procure our own salvation. 
But the child of the free woman, Sarai, once she came to believe in the promises of God, the, th the son of the free woman was born through promise or through faith. You see the difference? Here it is. One child was born of a flesh-centered attempt to do only what God could do, and one child was born out of faith and trust in God's provisions. Paul later commends us in that same book, Galatians. He says, cast out the slave woman. Now what he means by that is, is cast out your strivings. If you're trying to procure your own salvation or, or work to procure God's promises in your flesh, cast it out and trust in God in faith through the free woman. In other words, don't do life with your own agenda, trust in God's agenda. The writer of Hebrews says, without that kind of faith, it's impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I'll do it my way. Sarah was doing it her way, and she made a mess of things. Now, when do things turn around for her? Well, here's when they turn around. When she comes to God with humility and with grace, that always leads to increased faith in, a li in the life of a saint. By faith, Sarai was given the power to conceive. We know that sometime between chapter 17 in Genesis and chapter 21 when Isaac is born, that she does find biblical faith. That is through her faith that she's given the power to conceive. Somewhere along the way, she grew into God and trusted his promises. Now, how, how do we know that? One of the ways we know that is she got a name change. She went from Sarai, which means my princess, or some translations say quarrelsome one, or contentious one. She went from Sarai, laughing at God's promises, to Sarah, the princess of nations, the mother of the faith of our, our Lord Jesus Christ, the mother of the sands on the seashore that was promised, the mother of the stars in the heaven, that through her gift of Isaac, all people would have access to salvation. So somewhere along the way, with a name change, you think that maybe she had a heart change as well, right? Sarah began to trust that God could do the impossible. In that time, she sees God's power come on Sodom and Gomorrah in judgment. God's also saving power over Lot, their nephew, as he saves Lot from destruction. She also sees, during that time, God sealing the womb of the Philistine king Abimelech. And all, all his slave, uh, slave women, all his wives, everything in his household, he sealed the womb. And then Abraham prayed later on that God would open the womb, and God was faithful. Do you think maybe Sarah saw that, the faithfulness of God, and said, God, if you can open up the wombs of all these women, certainly you can bless me with the same. Somewhere along the way, she came to saving faith in God's promises. We don't know exactly where, but we know how. Peter describes the how. He says in 1 Peter 3, he says humility was the key in faith. He says this to all women, Christian women here today, this is a word for you, do not let your adorning be external. 
the braiding of your hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart and the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. By submitting to their own husbands, Sarah has obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So fill in this blank. Sarah, who once laughed mockingly at God's promises, now laughs joyfully at he who promised because he is faithful. She humbled herself and came alongside her husband in belief. And then she became an heir of the promise by grace through faith and humility. You see, she went through quite a transition, didn't she? She was manipulating the circumstances, manipulating the promises of God. Now she humbles herself to trust in her husband, to trust in his God, and to follow him in faith. I think the Bible remembers Sarah today because in her we see a person of great spiritual growth. From arrogance and controlling and laughing and mistrust to absolute trust in the promises of God. So when we try and direct our own circumstances outside of faith, the promises of God are delayed. For 25 years, God waited on her to grow up into faith. But when we humble ourselves before God in faith, nothing is impossible with God. So how can you receive biblical faith? Just a few things. First of all, you have to believe in your heart of hearts that our God is not hindered by your physical limitations or by your personal circumstances. Okay? A few weeks ago, we had Jeremiah's call. God said to Jeremiah, do not say I'm only a youth. I'm bigger than your circumstances. We hear about Mary today. Mary, do not say I'm only a virgin. I am bigger than your circumstances. We hear about Elizabeth in her old age. I'm going to give you the prophet, Elizabeth. I'm going to open your womb. Do not say that God, that something is impossible with your God. Sarah, do you trust me? Do you believe that nothing is impossible with God? God is not hindered by our circumstances. Second thing, Sarah drew from the well of faith in her husband, Abraham. I have to think that when she humbled herself, before Abraham, that she joined him in the promise of God. As long as she was resisting in her own pride, she could not join her husband in faith. Now that's also a lesson for men in the church today. You need to be out front spiritually in your family. You need to be setting the course so that your wife can see faith in you, so that your children can see faith in you, and that they can follow and draw from your well as well. Next thing. We've got something that Sarah never had, and that is Hebrews 12, 2 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He's run the course for us. He went to the cross for us. He rose victorious for us, and he's alive right now. He's here through the power of the Spirit to assist us and encourage us, come alongside us, perfecting and pioneering our faith. And finally, because faith is a gift, a free gift from God, and as such, we can pray for more faith. We can. 
In Mark chapter 9, there's a man whose boy has a demon. Comes to Jesus for healing, and Jesus says to him, all things are possible for the one who believes. And the guy said, Lord, I believe, now help my unbelief. Prayed that Jesus would help him along the way. In Luke 22, Jesus knows that Satan's going to sift Peter. And he says to Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed that your faith may not fail you. Jesus praying for Simon and Peter to have more faith. It's a gift. You can pray for it. And finally, the last point. Faith is a gift by sheer grace that our loving Father gives to all who ask that we, like Sarah, might come to believe that nothing is impossible with our God. Let us pray.